Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. And today the title of the message is Christ our Passover. So if you have your Bibles open, 1 Corinthians 5, let's read verse 7. Therefore purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. Well, what does it mean when Paul's talking to the church in Corinth where he says, Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us? What does that mean, Christ our Passover? Well, it comes from the Old Testament in the time when the children of Israel were slaves in Egypt, and that's a picture for us, and God told Moses, go deliver them out of slavery. And so Moses tells Pharaoh, hey, God said you need to let these people go. And Pharaoh said, uh, okay, I'll do it, but he was a, he was a typical, well, I don't want to say politician, but anyways, he was a leader of the country, and he was lying, and uh, he said, I'll let him go. He wouldn't let him go, so Moses, uh, God sends Moses, gives him some plagues, and plague after plague, Pharaoh's heart gets harder and harder and harder, and <coughs> finally, God says, all right, Pharaoh, you don't let the people go, then there's going to be this Passover plague where uh, the firstborn of every family will die from this plague, but God made a provision for escape for the children of Israel. And so the Lord said to Moses there in Exodus 12, 3, speak to the congregation of Israel and say, on the 10th of this month, every, every uh, man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. Then you shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lentil of the houses where they eat it. So uh, they were to take this lamb as a sacrificial lamb and put the blood on the top and on both sides and the bottom of the doorpost. And what do you think that was a picture of? The cross, right? It was a picture. And so in verse 11, Exodus 12, he says, and thus you shall eat it. So then they were going to barbecue the lamb. Uh, and then you put your belt on and your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand, and you'll eat it with haste. So you hurry up and eat it because it's the Passover. For us, you'll pass through the land of Egypt that night and will strike the firstborn of all the land of Egypt, both male and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on those houses where you are uh, when you see the blood. I will pass over you. And that's where the term Passover comes from, that he's going to pass over those houses. Uh, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be to you a memorial and you shall keep it as a feast. Uh, the Lord, throughout your generations, you shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the, uh, on the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. For wherever, whoever eats leaven, bread, from the first day until the seventh day shall be cut off from Israel. So you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for on the same day I, uh, I brought you out, your, arm, uh, your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore... You shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. So 
Uh, this is where Passover was instituted. The Jewish people still to this day celebrate the Feast of Passover. And it reminds them that God set them free from slavery. Now, that's a picture for us. And it was one of the most important events in the history of Israel that they were being set free uh, as slaves from Egypt. Now, God wanted them to remember that it was him who delivered them from bondage. And so he instituted this annual holiday. And so uh, it's, it's exciting to think about uh, where do holidays come from? Well, God. God's the one that instituted holidays, right? And so the Feast of the Passover was a feast uh, on the fourth day, 14th day of the month where uh, it was followed by the Feast of Unleavened Bread where uh, they would not eat leavened bread for the seven-day feast and uh, no leaven in the house. Now, the purpose of the Feast of the Passover is that God wanted them to remember that they sacrificed the perfect lamb without blemish and put the blood in the shape of a cross on the doorpost and that declared their faith in the promise of God to pass over them, that they wouldn't experience God's judgment. And so if, uh, you know, the blood was on the doorpost, then God's judgment would pass over. Now that was a, a foreshadowing. And the purpose of the Feast of the Unleavened bread, bread was to remind them of the haste that they had to get out of Egypt. Because once that happened, Pharaoh told Moses, you get your people out of here right now, right? He was uh, upset because of what happened. And so the unleavened bread reminds them that they didn't have time for the bread to rise, and so they had to get out of Egypt immediately. Now, leaven, uh, you know what leaven is. It's yeast, right? It's, it's what makes the, the dough rise when you make homemade bread. And uh, really what happens, though, is that the yeast is rotting, and it releases gases, and that gra gas, those little gas bubbles, cause the bread to rise. And, and so they would keep a little batch of, uh, leaven dough, starter dough, uh, for the next dough. And so now they told them, get all the leaven out of the house. Now that was a picture as well, right? It was a picture of uh, leaven, which uh, is sin, and, and sin represents rottenness in the person, right? And what Paul is saying here is that get the leaven out of the church. And he's saying a little tolerated sin begins to permeate a person's life just like leaven does in bread. And it begins to permeate it, and it begins to, to just destroy the person's life till their life is filled with sin. And so that's a picture for us to see how sin works. Now, in the church, a little tolerated sin within the church permeates the church. That's what Paul's saying here in chapter 5. And Paul is writing to the church in Corinth because uh, they were tolerating evil. Uh, they were being influenced by the world. So Paul's rebuking the church for tolerating sin. And, and when he speaks about leaven, leavening the whole lump, uh, remember, leaven is used in the Bible 98 times, and every single time it's linked with evil. Leaven is used as a symbol of evil. And the idea is that a little sin tolerated in the church will infect the whole body. And so uh, all it takes is a little toleration within the church to be infected by the whole thing. Jesus talked about sin in Mark chapter 9, and he said individually, we need to deal drastically with sin. We shouldn't look at sin and say, oh, it's okay, a little sin here, a little sin there, no big deal, right? It's fine, a few lines of cocaine here, a little pornography there, right? No, what did Jesus say in Mark 9, 43? He said, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands and go to hell, into fire that shall never be quenched. Now, what he's saying is, is that we need to deal with sin drastically. Now, I, I believe that most of you know, so I'm not going to belabor the point, that we live in a society where church now tolerates every kind of sin. And uh, it, it, it's to the point where, um, you know, it, it, it's just depressing to talk about. But we know throughout the Bible, this principle of a little leaven, leavening the whole lump, 
is throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. God's goal for all of us when he saves us is not just to give us some sort of fire insurance to heaven, but he wants to work in your life to transform you and to cause you to grow spiritually and grow in holiness and in purity because he loves you, right? Second Corinthians 7, 1 says, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God. <clears throat> in other words, as a church, we should be desiring to not only grow spiritually, but we also want to be growing in holiness and purity, that God wants us to have a clean life. The Lord doesn't want you to have a dirty, filthy life. He wants you to have a clean life. God loves you, and he doesn't want you to just continue to live in the flesh controlling your life, but he wants you to grow, and he wants to transform you so that you hate things that are evil and you love what is good and righteous and holy and pure, and and that you begin to see that living a holy, pure life produces a better kind of life. It produces a better life for you, and it produces a better life for the people around you. Now, Paul tells the church in Corinth, because they didn't understand this, in verse 7, he says, therefore purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, is, uh, was sacrificed for us. Now, when he's saying purge out the old lump, he's saying get, out, get rid of the leaven, right? And when you say that you may be a new lump, what is that talking about? Does that mean go into Golden Corral and get some new lumps? No, that's not what it means, right? What is he saying? He's saying get rid of the sin, right? And, and what is the answer to get rid of the sin? Well, Jesus, right? Where he says Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. And so Jesus is the sacrificial lamb, uh, the, the sacrificial lamb just like in Passover when God passed over, right? And so when John the Baptist saw Jesus in John 1, 29, John saw Jesus coming and he said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So Jesus is a picture from the Old Testament of the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And it's only through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that we can be purged of our sins. And and this is such an important truth to know because sometimes Christians get saved, they come to church, they struggle with sin, they struggle with carnality and all those sort of things, and they don't understand how can I move to that place where God wants me to be as a person who hates evil and loves uh, purity and loves godliness and loves goodness and, and, and loves things that God loves and hates things that God hates. Well, it's through Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter 1.18, he said, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver, gold, from your aimless conduct received by the traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So we're saved through Jesus Christ. So when Paul tells the church in verse 7, therefore purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump since you truly truly are unleavened. For indeed Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that frees us from the consequences of sin. That frees us from the bondage of sin. And that's so important that we understand that. And it's by faith. What did they do in order to have the Passover, uh, to have the death angel Passover that they didn't experience the consequences? Well, they just, by faith, right? Put the blood up there, right? Now, we don't have to kill a lamb or put the blood on the doorpost because Jesus died for us, right? In Exodus 12, 27, where he says uh, that you shall say it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households so the people bowed their heads and worshiped. So God made a provision back then to escape death that night, and without that provision, without the lamb and the blood of the lamb, no one would have escaped. Now, we, the Bible says, are sinners. And in Romans 3.23, it says, 
all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So every one of us is a sinner, right? And, and maybe you're here today, and if you had <coughs> some sort of rogue thought like, well, man, those Corinthians, how could, they, how could they, you know, be such sinners? They should be like me, pure and holy. I don't sin, right? Now, if you were thinking that this morning, then you need to write down Romans 3.23 and pray about it and say, Lord, now, pastor, and your word says that we've all sinned, but I think I am perfect. And so, Lord, can you help me to see if there is any flaw in me? And as you pray that every day, the Lord will help you, right? Uh, <clears throat> now, some of you think it's funny. Some of you are thinking, really? I mean, you think there's a flaw? Well, you just pray about it, and he'll, you'll find out, right? But here's the thing. God made a provision for the forgiveness of our sin, right? And we don't have to die because of our sin, right? It, it, because he made a provision. Jesus Christ shed his blood so that he paid the price and that we receive it by faith and receive forgiveness. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday, with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, Channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, We'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you. May you have a great day. Today is the day you